they're not educated on what the trade skills jobs can bring their kids. So what I do is I focus on the parents more than I focus on the students. So the parents will come there with their kids and they'll learn a what is taught on the on the job, but what the job brings financially. I get multiple emails from parents. So thankful that we came. My son is now graduated from such and such welding school and he's got his own job and he loves it. Thank you very much. And it's it's a big task for Bring Back the Trades because it's such a huge problem. Hey guys, welcome back to another great episode of Out of the Hourglass. I'm your host, Molly Nolan, and we've got an awesome guest ahead. Steve Turner, the founder of Bring Back the Trades, a not-for-profit organization helping to fund scholarships for trade school students, is here on today's show. Steve's mission is not only impacting his local community, but also nationally working with trade schools across the country. They are a great organization. I believe this topic resonates deeply with our listeners, and I hope that you enjoy and learn about what Steve hopes for the future of Bring Back the Trades. All right, I'm excited to jump into today's conversation with a new guest to the podcast. We are welcoming Steve Turner from Bring Back the Trades. Steve, welcome. How are you this morning? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me today. Absolutely. Thank you for being here. We uh, we get the pleasure of being introduced from Jay at River Birch Builders, one of our our summit members up in the Northeast area where where you are. How do you know? How do you know Jay? Actually, from uh, Facebook, I was doing Bring Back the Trades many moons ago, and he made a uh, call to me and asked me if he'd come into my shop and introduce himself, and we just built a relationship from there. And then he is a donor, you know, he's a donor to Bring Back the Trades uh, monthly. So he's a big, big help of Bring Back the Trades. Love it. Good for you, Jay. That's that's fantastic. Um, Jay owns River Birch Builders up in Portsmouth, New Hampshire area and works along the seacoast. For anybody who's been up in the Portsmouth, Rye, New Hampshire, where you are, Steve, then that, you know, North New Hampshire, Southern Maine uh, coast, it's a beautiful place to live. It is. Yeah. It's pricey. <laughs> it's pricey. Sure is. Sure is. So, uh, I, Steve, I, I wanted you to come on today to the podcast to talk about your organization and, and the passion you have behind it because this, it, it's, it's no surprise to any of our listeners and any of the clients that we listen to that re- recruiting for the skilled services and, and, and the certain, the, the trades that we work with is, is not easy. Recruiting in general isn't easy, but there continues to be, we, we've seen this gap in in skilled laborers um, and, and finding people who want to join a trades organization, who have the skills to join a trades organization. Um, and I talked about this with an organization called Classit a couple months ago, who's working on providing outlets uh, mm-hmm. or, or other forms of media for, for young kids to learn about the trades and they have a recruiting platform. And you are are kind of a connection to that in terms of you are an organization that's really working local in your community and beyond, you know, nationally. Mm-hmm. But you're making those connections with the trades with the trade school. So I thought it'd be fun to continue that conversation because I deem it pretty important, and I know you do as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So so bring back the trades. It's a not for profit organization helping to fund scholarships for trade school students. Did I get that yeah. right? Correct. So talk about um, how did you, well, one, give us a little bit of sense of, you know, your world and, and where you are. Um, you you also own a, a trades business and mm-hmm. where you're located. And how did you get into this this organization? Okay, so I own Turner's Upholstery in Rye, New Hampshire. And when you hear the word upholstery, 99% of the people think it's furniture, but it's not. It's automotive and boats and restaurants and stuff like that. So we do custom interiors on cars, we'll do uh, convertible tops, seat repairs and stuff like that. So it's all pretty much automotive, not furniture. Okay. Um, and the why, the reason why, you know, I talk about the trades as much is we do everything in, in terms of upholstery. So we do welding, we do uh, building with wood, we do fiberglass, we do electrical. Sometimes we'll do plumbing, not as much, but like if an RV comes in, we have to remove the plumbing and put it back in, we do plumbing. Mm-hmm. So um, not to the, you know, the trades, not to say that we can do it as good as those other trades, but we do, we do touch it. 
Okay. So we, in terms of upholstery, really pretty much do it all. Um, started my company. And the reason why I'm so passionate about bringing up to trades is, and I'll jump, you know, we give all scholarships to the kids, mm-hmm. is my backstory is um, I pretty much went to high school. I wanted to drop out my sophomore year. My mother um, basically said, no, I'm the youngest of four. My other three siblings went to college, did very well. I was the fourth, kind of liked tinkering, couldn't sit still. Mm-hmm. Uh, funny stories, all the kids ran free, the dog ran free, but I was tied to the tree. <laughs> and it's a true story because I just loved being anywhere. And I was a builder. And so where the trades come into me is my sophomore year, um, I really hated school and I found the trades and I found automotive because I was a car guy. And they were smart enough to put automotive at the end of school at the end of the, you know, the day to keep You had to in. stay there. Yeah. You couldn't skip, you there. couldn't and skip I classes. I got booked on it and I was lucky enough to, to graduate, you know, um, my senior year. But what saved me and what made me stay in school was the automotive class. Um, it was a two blocks. I just really liked it. That was going to be my future was I was going to be a painter of painting cars. Okay. And one day I walked in and I was working at Shaw's in the produce department. And um, I walked in one day and there was a little business card that said sweeping floors at upholstery shop. So I went and I, you know, basically went to the, the owner of the upholstery shop. And he, I said, you know, what do you want? What are you looking for? Oh, just, you know, go to the bank, go to the store, pick up, you know, Ace Hardware or whatever, you know, clean up after the guys. And I was hired and I did that for two years. And then I graduated and uh, worked for a year, but you're too young to remember the 80s, but in 86, <laughs> we had a recession. But in 80, 88, um, we had a really bad recession, and my boss laid everybody off. So I was 19 years old. I had a little bit of knowledge of, of, of what I was doing as far as convertible tough stuff, but I was no expert. Mm-hmm. My father said, hey, there's this little garage my friend's got. It's 150 bucks a month. Do you think you can make a go at it? I said, sure, I can easily do this. So I had $3,000 <laughs> in the bank, which I look back now, you could never start a business with $3,000. But I started yeah. my company when I was 19 years old uh, and uh, just celebrated my 34th year in business last month. Congratulations. So, I, you know, when I talk about bringing back the trades, it's, it, it is a passion of mine, but when I give out a scholarship to the kid, I see myself, a lot of these kids that I give out the scholarships to struggle with math. They struggle with being in, in class because they're just, they don't want to be there. Yeah. Um, so that's my back, not to jump around, but that's my background as, as far as my upholstery show. Where the bring back the trades comes in is, you know, it's, it's a long story, but I'll make it as quick as possible. Um, one morning in August of 2017, I woke up um, with an idea to put just bring back the trades on a hat. Really don't know why I did that. Mm-hmm. But one of my friends that does all my broadery, he says, well, what do you want on the hat? I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, do you want a logo on it? I said, no, I just want, I just want the saying, bring back the trades. He goes, you need something on. There. I said, surprise. So he put a <laughs> hammer, he put a hammer and a saw on. Okay. Wearing it in my shop. And one of my contractor friends came in the next day, which does really high end, uh, building and ride where'd you get the hats being stu- just being naive I said I made it. he goes I need 12 of them I've been talking about that forever so I made 12 of them gave them to him week comes by one of his uh subs comes in hey I'm a electrician can you change out the logo and put an electrical logo in there I can do that still not not knowing what's going on right do that next thing you know I got 40 different hats from welding to plumbing so my wife goes, what are you going to do? I'm like, you know what? I'm going to start selling them on, online. So I created a Facebook group, started selling them all over the country. Then one of my friends comes by and he says, hey, what do you do with the money? I said, I, right now I just started a bank account, bring back the trades and really not doing it. He goes, hey, my mother just passed away and I'm, uh, you know, my father was a welder. I'm like, yeah. He goes, I'm going to go over to the trade school in Portsmouth, which is where I graduated as well. Says I'm going to donate it to the um, trade wing. Why don't you take the money and start a scholarship program? So this whole thing, yes, I, I like to give everybody credit because yes, it was my idea, and yes, I brought it to where it has been today. 
Yeah. But without the two guys starting it off, it all really comes back to the contractor saying, hey, I want one of those. Yeah. So the idea that I had really wouldn't be where it is today if the whole community and the whole country that was mm -hmm. buying them all over the place. So what I'm saying is, yes, I had the idea, but everybody has a part It's a snowball it. effect. Yeah. It's a snowball effect. And yes, you know, my wife says, you can't forget that you took it and kept going with it. I'm like, yes. But without the other people's help, it would have never became what it is today. Right. So then where I became a, non a full-blown nonprofit is I ran it for a year, um, started up just a regular checking account, started giving, started taking in money, started giving it away. Then, of course, I went to my accountant for my personal taxes and my tourist poultry tax. She goes, what's this bring back the trades then? So just giving out money. She's like, well, the unfortunate part is you have to pay all the taxes on that because you're not nonprofit. So, um... you know, I, I invested $70,000 of my own money and I hired a, a woman for a whole year that had nonprofit organization skills. And for a year, she did all the paperwork. She did all the nonprofit stuff, got me full blown nonprofit. She set up the website. She did everything for me in a year. That's how I became a nonprofit in uh, 2019, September. Whereas, you know, so it's a, it's been a long road. Yeah. And of course, in 2019, we got hit with COVID. Right. Or 2020. I can't remember <laughs> what year it was. But, so, you know, we had to shut down for a couple of years because, you know, people couldn't pay their bills. So I'm like, you know, we can't ask for people for money. So we shut down and then, uh, you know, we got going back again in 20, I think 20, 21, whatever it was, but we've given out third as, as of next month, we'll be giving out 38 scholarships nationwide. That's so, so cool. We just, and we just raised our amount, you know, we'll keep raising our amount. So we were, we were at 500, then we went to a thousand. Now we're at 1500. So 1500 is the sponsor dollar amount that you that you give yes, to we pay for it. so if anybody's listening we pay the school directly so we do not pay the student okay um, because we want to make sure that the school gets it and you know how you qual qualify is you know we're focusing on students that are graduating going into a trade school but we have given them out to, to older adults so they're 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 uh, eligible to anybody doesn't matter your age okay you have to be in the united states and you have to be enrolled in a trade school like I said, we're trying to get, you know, our whole thing is bringing back the trades and trying to get the younger kids in. But, you know, we've had some stories of, you know, adults that, you know, really want to get into the trades. They're hurting financially because our goal is when we read the story, it's about the story, but it's about we want to help the person that needs the money the most. The person that might not be able to go because of the financial. Right. Yeah. How do people apply? To, so they go to bringbackthetrades.org. They go on to the uh, website and they fill out, you know, the application form. We do have two ways if you're not, you know, because, you know, it's, it says essay. That scares a lot of people. So you can also go on there and do a video and do a video of why you want to do it. So if you're not a good writer, because we don't want to make it scary for a person that's in the trades that doesn't really have any writing skills. We don't want to, we don't want them to fall off because they don't want to write it. So if they want to, you know, do a quick video on their iPhone and, or, you know, whatever it is and send it to us, they can do it that way too. How do you go about, I mean, I, I would imagine you receive a good number of, of applicants to, to weed through. We went from scary to 20 a month to sometimes 300 a month. Whoa. My wife reads them all. So what we do is we have a board. My wife reads them all. She pretty much gets them down to a, you know, because our, our board is volunteers. They don't have a yeah. lot of time. So she's a good reader. She loves to read. So she reads them. She gives them to me. I look at them, make sure that, they, you know, I really like them. Then we give them to the board and the board picks, you know, the board picks them. And it's one per month that you give out. One per month. And that's where, you know, we need help because... As we grow, you know, $1,500, yes, it does help. Mm -hmm. But if we're going to really change what's going on, we need more financial help so that we can yes. maybe give out more. Because, I mean, right now, you know, I look up monthly scholarships. There's not that many companies that are doing monthly scholarships. Is, they might be doing one, and it might be $50,000. It might be more than what we give out, you know, monthly. Mm -hmm. But what people don't realize is a lot of these classes that, you know, electrical and plumbing, they don't cost that much money. 
a kid can get into, depending on where you live, we all know things are more expensive in certain areas, but yes. a kid can get into the trades for $3,000. So that's why I'm trying to make it so that we help more kids versus just helping one. Right. Yeah. And so $1,500 is 50% of that tuition. That's amazing. It could be. I mean, well, like I said, you know, the, I don't want somebody, you know, watching this saying, well, that's not true because right. this area. And, you know, like I said, you know, mo some areas are different, like an electrical program in New Hampshire. You can get it. Uh, I think it's nine months. Of course, then that's the program. And we all know that you have the apprenticeship, the journeyman, all of that stuff comes after that. Yes. But we can help them financially get started. Is it the, this is the kickstart. And so kickstart. so often the, the financial component is the barrier to entry, right? Correct. Yes. You're trying to kind of kick through that barrier or lessen lessen the height of the barrier exactly. per se. Correct. Correct. How are how are students or you know non-students who are potentially eligible, how are they finding out to apply? What are what are your methods for kind of getting the word out that this is what you offer? So what we're trying to do is, you know, build a network of schools. Okay. Um, like I'll get in, there's certain schools out there. I won't mention names because I don't want to forget somebody that really helps us, but there's certain schools out there that do such a fan, fabulous job. We'll get 30 scholarship essays for one school. Wow. So that means that the school is doing, it's usually one person that's got the, you know, the same passion that I have that's in that classroom that wants to help their kids. I mean, we'll get, 30 essays from one school. And you know that that one person is really working hard to get these kids help. So we're trying to, as you know, there's millions of um, schools out there that teach these classes. So we're trying to build a network so that we can let all the, these classes uh, teachers know about, because it is the, the teacher in the school that usually helps. A lot mm -hmm. of my schools will put up the flyers and they'll do this and that, but it's mostly the the teachers that really help the kids. You need someone who really, like you, like you said, who's passionate, who really drives the message forward and reminds students that this is this is an, an opportunity for them to try for. Yeah. So yeah. in in reading through, you know, the, your website and, and you know what you have out there, you know the core pathways in which you operate. You know, one is is the scholarship, um, which you just talked about, and two that connection and the trade school component. That is that is the connection that the, those are the relationships that you're you're trying to foster. Yes. Yeah. Are you also trying to, how are you getting into, um, or are you connecting with high schools to let them also know that this, this exists, or is that not at the, at the yes. point yet? So what we do now is we're on our third year, we do events. So we do trade skill events, um, at the schools. So we've had, and community college as well. So, okay in their huge parking lot. We'll bring in 30 of our vendors, electric, electricians, plumbers, welders, um, uh, Air National Guard, the shipyard. We'll bring them all into their parking lot for a day from usually 10 to two. Then what we do is, and you know, I didn't really bring up the most important part of what Bring Back the Trades is doing. You know, when I first started Bring Back the Trades, I thought the problem was the kids. I really thought it was the kids. The kids were not knowledgeable what the trades were, but after six years of doing this, I found, and I'm not saying in all areas down South, the parents are more involved because there's farms and stuff like that. So they're brought up on, but where I'm from on the Seacoast area, where it's more financial district, meaning the parents are all in financial yeah. um, and heavy into college, they're not educated on what the trade skills jobs can bring their kids. So what I do is I focus on the parents more than I focus on the students. So when I have these events, I have a social media director that focuses on all the parents groups. She'll put the flyer out there. We also have professional uh, videos of our events that mm -hmm. she can put the video up there that shows what we do. So the parents will come there with their kids and meet with Air National Guard, the plumber, the welder, and they'll learn a what is taught on the on the job, but what the job brings financially, um, and then demonstrate what the job is. And the reason why I know it's successful is I get multiple emails from parents that I know that fifth generation, you know, Harvard, all these big colleges they went to, right. and their youngest son or daughter has chosen to be a welder, and they'll email me going, "So thankful that we came. My son is now." graduated from such and such welding school 
and he's got his own job and he loves it. Thank you very much. I know that it's successful and it's, it's a big task for bring back the trades because it's such a huge problem, you know? Yeah. You're trying to change course uh, with generations of thinking this is the right path for my kids to go. I mean, this yes. is something that I talked about when I, when I talked with the, the group over at Classit. it's changing the mindset of what the, the skilled career, the skilled trades career is yeah. And there's, yep. there's, there's, there's great money behind it. There's stability yep. behind it. Yep. Yep. These and are jobs know, that we're always going to need. You know, the biggest thing I, I always, it's been a while since I've done a podcast, but I forgot. I always just start off the, the podcast saying, if there's anybody out there that think that thinks that bring back the trades is only for the trades, it's a hundred percent wrong because my, I have one son. Mm -hmm. He was in my shop for years. He's like, dad, I really don't want to do this. I said, what do you want to do? He goes, I really want to do marketing and travel. So my son, my only son, mm -hmm. went to Quinnipiac um, College, graduated, got his master's. He's working for uh, Bottom Line in Portsmouth, traveling, traveling, making really good money. So what I want everybody to realize is bring back the trades is not against college whatsoever. Mm -hmm. We're for the students and I'm for the students that feel like if they don't go to college, they don't have a career. And it's not true. There yes. are a lot of avenues. There is. Yeah. And I also, you know, before I forget, because there's a lot of trades workers out there that, you know, give me crap because the trades are hard, hard work. They're dirty. Of course. You know, so when a parent comes in and asks me, well, I think my son or daughter wants to get into the trades. The first question I ask them, what do they do when they get off the school bus? They look at me like, well, what do you mean? What do they do when they when they come into the house? What do they do? Do they go outside? Do they go play video games? What do they do? Well, if they tell me they're outside, you know, playing basketball, this and that, I'm like, you know what? Construction might be for them. If they tell me they don't really like going outside, they're mostly in front of a TV or video games. I'm like, well, maybe manufacturing will be for them because you don't want to put a kid in a career path. A, it's not good for them, but it's not good for the business owner to invest in them if it's not good long term. Mm -hmm. You certainly don't want to put a kid that's an inside person on a paving crew in the summertime. No. <laughs> so you really work. have to invest. Because, but the problem is when these parents come to me, they have no clue. College, they know. Well, that's another subject. I won't go down that path, that path either <laughs> because a lot of them don't know what college is either. But when it comes to trades, they really – they don't know what the trades are. They know what the trades were. Like my, my father worked in a rubber plant. When I was 16 years old, I'd go pick him up. You walked in that rubber plant, it was loud, dirty, unsafe. Today, I just go into manufacturing plants and you can eat off the floor. It's a totally different. So a lot of the parents are still thinking of the trades of yesterday. And you define on your website, you define that skill trades is a career path requiring hands-on work and specialty knowledge. And it's that specialty knowledge component that sets individuals apart and is what will will give them that career path and will give them that that stability as, as they continue to grow into their career. Yep. Yep. I also want people to realize it's not all hands-on in the trades either. We all know as a company, like if you're a big construction company, you need the women or the men in the office you need mm -hmm. the estimators, you need the truck drivers, you need the safety guys. So it's not when I say, you know, trades, it's not all about using a hammer. You know I mean, there's all kinds of different, you know, job positions in those trades. It's it's so true. I mean, we are even, I mean, I've talked to a couple different clients of ours who we work with, and they are looking at other um other career paths that they can say, you know, who who could be a good estimator for us? Who could be a good field supervisor? Who who knows the customers well? Who knows how to handle employees? I mean, people who work in restaurant management do really well working in the the, the trades organizations because yeah. they know how to handle both. They know how to handle the job, the customers, the employees. Because restaurant management is not easy. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! That's a hard job. Yeah. Real hard. <laughs> So it's it's learning how to kind of re rethink what 
if this is a skill that you have, well, what, where could you bring that skill into what different career paths? There's a lot of different ones out there. And yeah. it's, it's part of kind of pulling almost the curtains back and kind of exposing, you know, what opportunities are there. And, and that's really what you're doing. Yeah. You also talk about, um, you know, mentorship as another kind of pathway in which you operate yeah. and that building that network. Talk to me a little bit about your mentorship program. So when I call it mentorship, I, I actually changed that name to a ride along. Because okay. what I'm telling parents now to do, like, um, instead of just signing up for an apprenticeship, they say, well, I want to do welding. I said, okay, let's let's find you a welder. Let's, after school, let's go over there, you know, and, and, and maybe spend a week and just watch what they do. Because you might think you want to be a welder, but you, you get there and you're like, eh, you know. But, and a lot of times they'll find, like, if there's like electrical work, They'll put them on a ride along. They'll go to a, a job site. They'll see somebody doing electrical. They'll see somebody doing plumbing, construction. And believe it or not, that kid might leave going, I don't, I didn't really consider the framing part or I didn't consider the, the cement work. So if they see it versus just investing money into a program, they can actually touch it and feel it. So it's more of a ride along, get to know the job, what's involved in the job, because there's so much tech involved in these jobs now. Yeah. It's it's incredible. Um, so I call it more of a ride along. Get to know what the job is because a, I tell the you know I tell the the uh, owners they're like, well, that's going to take a lot of time. I'm like, yeah, but it's going to save you time because if you don't invest in that kid, if you invest in the kid that says yes, I really like this, he's not going to leave most likely. If you invest in a kid before he decides what he wants, you might spend three four weeks investing yep. time into him, and when we invest time into a worker. I had a kid that worked for me for a whole year and loved it. He was sewing. He was doing everything. One day, as I weld, he's like, what is that? I said, it's a welder. He goes, can I try it? Make a long story short, tried it. Comes to me like a month later. He goes, you know what? I want to become a welder. I said, Yes, I'm, I'm upset. I didn't say it to him, but I'm like, my yeah. wife's like, well, invested a year. I'm like, yes, but that's what Bring Back to Trades is about. And now he's working on the shipyard as a welder. So he came to me, but he saw what he actually wanted to do. So that's what I'm saying is, you know, touch and feel everything before you just sign up. That's such a good way to look at it. So that's that's probably happening in your in your local community, those are the those are the kind of things that you're trying to foster between students yes. and and yeah. local businesses. Because yeah. uh, I mean, you... our events. So our events so far, I think kids just at our events. I mean, I think there's been 15 kids that have been hired at our events just at our events. That's awesome. So mm -hmm. it sounds like you've had good reception from local business owners. In, yes. in this space who are behind what you're doing, you know, trying to be a part of the network and trying to help support the cause. Yes. We built Bring Back the Trades on all small mom and pop. We This month was our first month since we started that we got uh, four major, major donations in one month. A, tax season's here. A lot of them, you know, yeah. want to donate towards the end. But, you know, I, I always tell people if we ever get, you know, really – really big. I never want to forget the small people because without the small companies, the $500, $200, we would never be where we are ever. They, they helped kind of build, you know, what you are today. Yep. And, you know, that's another thing too, is, you know, they've helped me financially and they will be like, well, you know, can you come to an event? And the, what happens with the small business owner, like myself, you know, they don't, they work so many hours. Like I'll say, Hey, you need to come to an event, Steve. I work 80 hours a week. And on Saturday or Sunday, I want to be at my camp. And I'm like, you know what? I can't be mad. If you're donating money, that's fine. So yeah. it's hard. They, they have so much on their plate. They're trying to find workers. And what people don't realize is a lot of parents were like, well, why can't you just take them and try them? I'm like that small mom and pop loses money when they hire a kid. They have to, you know, you have to invest. Mm -hmm. But it's not only they're investing money, it's the time. So if they're behind the eight ball as far as getting jobs done hourly, when they hire these kids or adults, they're slowing down. So they have this. There's a lot that has to go into a small mom and pop business to add somebody on. Right. And that's why we 
we really push for a lot of the clients that we work with to, if they don't already have one, to to begin to build a training program so that you can systematize the process so yep. that it does not take as much burden, as much time, as much money to start somebody new. Yes, there is always that investment with an apprentice, but right. when you have a, the, the spinning wheel of a training program that that speeds up the time, that speeds up the efficiency, you're able and you're able to do that a couple times over each month yeah. or 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 every you know every couple of weeks. Yeah, and what I find too is because we have a lot of uh, I'll say Eastern Propen is one of our good sponsors, and they have their own school. And they have their own techs that are, you know, way up there. They're the teachers. Mm-hmm. So it's great because it's it's a great feeling for the teachers that were, you know, now they're teaching the younger generation. And they've been on the job for so long. I shouldn't say that so long. I mean, I'm 56. But like me, I started when cars were, you know, when I started working on cars, Model T's were the cars we were working on. I mean, it, that's how long ago it was. So these teachers that are teaching know how to do everything. They know how to do the old stuff, the new stuff. So these kids are learning from master technicians. You and I love and I love to hear that because so I feel like often we hear that there's a struggle of of the the, the those who have the master skills to to want to teach. Sometimes mm-hmm. they just want they just want to do what they're good at. They just want to yep. get in, get out. And, and I you know I can't disrespect that. I mean they yep. that's that's their job. How? How have you seen or how how are you encouraging those who have those skills to become mentors, to teach? Well, the trouble I'm seeing, again, I live on the seacoast, like I'll bring in building. There's a, you know, we have a hard time getting building instruction uh, guys from the trades to go to the schools because of the, the, the guy that owns the business says, you know what, you can't retire. You know, I will pay you X amount of dollars to stay on for two more years. So they're getting this money to stay on the school. I mean, Portsmouth High School, the welding guy was going to leave and retire. They're like, they had to, and they couldn't pay him enough money. So they had to go to the school board to a lot more money to pay him. To stay. Because, yes, because you can get paid, you can pay it on the, on the job way more money than to be a teacher. Right. So not to jump around, but so that the, the people that are, the bosses are saying, hey, don't retire. And those people that retired went to teach. When they retired, they're like, you know what? I want to go teach. That's what they used to do. You'd always like when I was in school, it was a retired welder. It was a retired plumber that yeah. would come in and teach. Who still had now, more to give. They don't, they're, they're, they're not, they can't just go home and sit and do nothing. They got, yeah. they have passion. But if the it. boss is saying, Hey, you know what? I'm going to give you this much more money. They don't even think about teaching. They're like, okay, and they'll be like, I'm going to make your job easier. I'm not going to make you up on the roof and hitting ham. So that's a big problem. Got but it. the teachers aren't getting paid. Well, it doesn't matter if it's a vote. My, my wife's a teacher. So mm-hmm. I know it's not even a problem, but the vote teacher's not getting paid enough. But, you know, the whole thing. And then if we raise the money on the vote teachers at a public school, what happens to the teachers that have been teaching for 40 years with a degree? They're not getting so. And the other problem is, do you realize if, like me, I have been in business 34 years, I've been doing it 42 years. If I wanted to go teach this, mm-hmm. I would have to go to school first to become a teacher. Really? So that's a problem. So you got a, a guy that's been really, you know, he's been on the job, he's 60 years old, he might not have been good in school. You now have to make him go back to school because they have to work. They have to learn how to teach kids. They have to learn what to say, what not to say, a right. curriculum. I mean, it's not like just going into a classroom and start teaching kids. It's about, you know, all the stuff behind being a teacher. So they look at that going, and it could be up to a two-year um, class before they can become a teacher. So it's... So where we can encourage on the job, like in organization, on the job teaching, if you're bringing somebody in as an apprentice level, that is, I mean, that to me is where it it makes the most sense because it doesn't, it's, it's tough. I mean, you, for you to have to go back to school to teach somebody the skill that you know, that, that you've basically, you know, been living and breathing the last 42 years, that that doesn't seem like the most efficient use of your time. The one thing I've learned in the 
however long I've been doing this is, you know, and I told myself, you know, I love being the, the founder of a, and in control of what I do, but everybody's like, you know, you need to run for this and, you know, because 90% of the people that are making decisions about the trades or anything like that, don't even know what a trade is. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all rules and regulations and all this, but they, you know, they don't like, you can only have, so many apprenticeships. If you're an electrician, you're only allowed to have so many apprenticeships working on your job site, which makes it harder because that's another problem. And, you know, I'm having parents call me on in my area, right, which is a small area. Hey, Jimmy or, or Susie just graduated and they have their full blown uh, uh, certificate. We can't find them a job. I'll call up my electrician. I'm like, hey, what's going on? He goes, I can't take any more apprenticeships. I'm not allowed to. Oh, so wow. I just did a, a podcast a couple months ago with a guy in Nashville. Nashville figured it out. They're like, you know what? We're going to change that. We still want it to be safe yeah. for OSHA. But what we're going to do is if you're a huge corporation, say Turner Construction, you ever heard of Turner Construction? Sure did. Hey, I have huge, family right? members who worked we're, for them. Yep. Okay. We're going to say, hey, you know what? You can do whatever you want but you have to sign off on these people. Something happens, you're liable. Now, you know the company is not going to do anything wrong because they don't want to be liable. So the legislator said, hey, we're going to change that. We're going to make it easier for you to get younger workers. We're not going to say you can only have two or three. You can do whatever you want, but there's got to be insurance on this, which makes it easier now. So the the states are getting smarter that want to help. Uh, letting the, the organizations figure out how they can manage that training program. Exactly. They're allowing the people that actually do the work to make yeah. the decisions versus the legislative making the decisions for the owners. Got it. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that there was. Oh, I learned regulations around that every day. I mean, yeah, it's, it's I said to Sherry, I'm like, you know, I had a hard time getting through school. You know, but I, I'm the smartest person, I, you know, around now because I just know so much about, you know, from all the people that tell me these things. Right. Yeah. You're yeah. you're constantly interfacing with all these different problems, solutions, challenges, yeah. trying to con- connect things. Yeah. Obviously, you have a lot of small businesses that support you, you know, that are local to 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 Rye and yeah. or, and know and bring back the trade that's very local, local there. Yep. We have a lot of clients all over the country, you know, a lot in the Northeast, a lot in California. Yep. How obviously there's they can they can learn a lot from you know what you're doing and sponsorships are, are available you know nationally, but yep. for those businesses in their local communities who just want to you know take be aware of like how they can be supporting and connecting with local trade schools, where do they? What would you recommend to, for them to start? Is it is it connecting to the parents? Is it is it starting a mentorship program? Where do where do they begin? I would say the events are so successful. And, you know, I've done, you know, it's funny because my wife's like, you've done these events by yourself. I mean, I got a good crew, but, you know, she's like, the upholstery guy is now an event coordinator. I'm like, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's it's funny, but you have so the, many events, skills. the events, you know, and I'm all about helping people, but without getting, I always say this and I don't want to be rude, but there's so many people on social media every day doing videos about you know the trades and this and that but we got to stop talking we got to start showing yeah. kids kids that are in the trades like a school will say can you come by here and get up on the stage and do a, a, a talk i'm like no i won't why because i was once them they're in five minutes not even five minutes within two minutes they're going to be looking down thinking about what they're doing today kids in the trades i'm not saying all of them but their attention spans, they're not there. And to do a talk is a waste of time. Let them touch a tool. Let them feel a tool. Let them, because when I go to a, like, and I hate to jump around, but we went to a school one time. It was a school for the kids got kicked out of school, a troubled teen okay. school. Okay. The principal goes, this is going to be very difficult. You're going to have a lot of kids that are going to be disrespectful. And they're going to just, they're going to, it's going to be hard. And there's probably 250 kids in the school, went into the auditorium, set up all my trades, one, one doing window install, one showing how gas is done. I brought my sewing machine in to show kids. Mm -hmm. We let the kids 
touch and feel. I've never seen kids so respectful, smiling, thank you, please, get done. She's like, what did you do? I said, we gave them self-respect. We let them touch and feel and said, great job. That's what these kids need. They need to feel what they're doing is something that they're helping out the community or they're doing something. Just getting on a stage and saying, you should do this. They feel like they're being talked to. Right. They want to feel like they have value. They're adding value. And I tell people online all the time, let's do some events. Let's get some kids involved. You know, do a mentorship like you said. Have businesses have a, a weekend where they can just sit up in the parking lot and show parents what they do. Have a tour. Mm-hmm. But it's more about the parents. Have you ever had um, any other communities outside of your area do a, you bring back the trades kind of on the road, but in a different community? Well, they do. Um, they'll call me up and say how to do it. And I basically say, but, you know, what we're going to do eventually um, is hopefully franchise, not franchise, um, Chapter to do different mm-hmm. chapters in different states. We're going to probably start cool. with New York because one of my board members and my race car. I think I told you we have a race car. You so did tell me that. So we first tra- spoke. Yeah, we're yes. sponsored by Trans Am. We have a race car, uh, number 98, Doug Winston. He has our, this whole hood is the Bring Back to Trades logo. So he is one of the biggest um, electrical uh, companies in New York City. Not New York, but near New York. So he's going to try and do a chapter in New York uh, for Bring Back to Trades. But you know, we get, you know, first thing is we have a full line of apparel. So if you go to bringbacktotrades.org, we have a shop page. And I say to my wife, because she does all the shipping, 90% of our, our apparel goes to the West Coast. Most of it doesn't come to the East Coast because people come to our events. But we ship things all over the state, you know, the, the country. So we get sponsorship, you know, on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. I mean, we did a... Um, I have a mobile trailer that we take around that I pull behind. It's all lettered up. So I went on LinkedIn one day and I said, hey, I need to raise whatever it was, $13,000. Two days we raised $13,000 off of LinkedIn. And most of the money was coming from California, Nebraska, Texas. I mean, we get a lot of donations from there because, you know, I was pretty adamant when I first started, we were where we were in New Hampshire, New Hampshire only giving out scholarships. And I said, you know, New Hampshire, and I hate to say this, but New Hampshire is a wealthy area. Mm -hmm. I want to help areas where kids really need the help. And the whole country needs help. So if I want to grow Bring Back to Trades financially, I need to make this a nationwide thing. Because California is not going to give me money if I don't give out scholarships in California. Right. So we give out scholarships everywhere. So if a business in California gives us money, somebody in California is eventually going to get money. Right. So you're so you know you're connecting with trade schools all over to be able yes. to give that that scholarship to students in any in any state really. Yes. Yeah. And we also are in the process now. Um, as we raise more money, I talked to my sponsors and I'm like, you know, mo- all of our money was going towards scholarships. And I said, well, a couple of my sponsors, I'm like, we need a better website. We need admin help. So you know, some of the money now from some of our sponsors, we're in the process mm-hmm. now of redoing our website completely adding a job site post posting page, adding awesome. testimonials from our, um, you know, scholarship winners. Um, but it, you know, as you know, when you grow a business, it takes money. You do. You, you need the tools to be able yes. to, to do it, to do it well. Yes. Yep. Yep. Uh, I love, I love what you're doing. I think it's really, really cool. And I love that it's not just local to your community, uh, but it, that it, that it's grown. You know, when you think about bring back the trades in five years, what are what are you hoping that the organization looks like? I'm hoping, like I said, it's it's in different states. My ultimate goal, you know, so far I've achieved every goal that I've tried. So I'm mm-hmm. hoping this one comes through. But my ultimate goal is to have a bring back the trades school. That's my ultimate goal. Cool. And then, you know, not to say that, you know, I'm a control freak, but I do I do hear stories of the not the right teachers getting into the trade schools. The school, the trade schools are so desperate to get teachers that they're not hiring. They're hiring too young of teachers that don't have enough on the job site training. So they're teaching it, but there's no like real skills. Like yeah. this is what came from a job site. So if I had a school, I could 
really find the right people, maybe, you know, teach other schools how to do it correctly. Cause there's, you know, I won't mention names, but I've got three colleges that I'm working with right now because they're getting smarter. They know what's coming as bring back the trades grows and not just bring back the trades. You can go on LinkedIn and there's uh, tools for terror. There's tons of people like me that are doing what I'm doing. So mm -hmm. it's not just me, but they know what's coming down the road because everybody you turn on the TV and it's all about trades. You don't have to go to college. They see what's coming. So a lot of these trade schools, I mean, a lot of these colleges are now adding trade um, classes to their, their schools because they see what's coming. Smart. But I'll talk to the schools and I'll be like, I'll let you know one thing. If you get predatory with these classes and you make these just as expensive as your other classes, right. you're going to have an issue. Because you can't take these classes that are thirty five hundred dollar classes and now turn them into twenty thousand dollars because now it's a it's a school. You can't do that. Yeah, and you just those, raise I mean, the barrier the barrier even higher, and it will be impossible for for these kids to to attend. Exactly. So you know, I'm you know that's the one thing about being the president. I can see what's going on. I you know I, I, a lot of a lot of teachers will call me and say, "Hey, can you come to our meeting?" Because you can say what you want to say. And I can, I can say what I want to say yeah. because it, it's, it's, it has to be said, you know, if they turn these schools into, into money, it's going to hurt. Right. Yeah. Then so, there needs to be, the, the money can't be the driver here. There needs to be kind of an, an understanding of um, what, what the kids needs and really what, what, what the, what the, the industry needs. Yes. Yep. Yep. Well, I, I know I know you are a guy who who hits his goals because you have a lot of marathon medals behind you, and so I have a feeling that uh, this you know this this idea of of a, of a school is is going to come to fruition. And clearly, you you've you've accomplished so much so far, and it's been it's really cool to to learn about you know your story, you know, and where and where you've taken this thing, and just the the number of kids that have been impacted. Just get, um, for, for those listeners, just to kind of wrap up at the end, for those who are interested in um, learning more about what you're doing, su supporting your cause, where's the best place for them um, to find resources about, about Bring Back the Trades? Uh, we're on all, we're on LinkedIn, uh, Bring Back the Trades. I'm on LinkedIn as Steve Turner. Uh, we've got Facebook, Bring Back the Trades, Instagram, every, everything is Bring Back the Trades. The website is bringbackthetrades.org. My email is very easy. It's Steve with a V at bringbackthetrades.org. Um, and the one thing about me is I return every email and every phone call because I know what's what's important. And don't feel like if you're listening to this near California, your money doesn't isn't going to help because it does. I, you can go on our website, and I think uh, every single scholarship owner winner, excuse me, is listed by where they're, where they're going, so they can oh, probably cool. see what school they're they're in. Um, but I mean. Just in the last year, it's like, you know, it just keeps growing and growing and growing. So it's it's definitely good. You know. And I just signed up for a 309-mile race in 2025. Whoa, that is so, awesome. Yeah, Where yeah. is that so, race at? Well, it's in Arizona. My last one was 257, so this is 309. So Holy it's the longest one in the United States. You're a glutton for punishment, Steve. That is I, But you know what's funny? When I'm out there for five or six days, all my ideas – um, from when I'm out there. That's where the magic happens. When you're by yourself in your happens. in your head, all the things, yep. all the things spin around. And the last thing I want to say too is like I said, I do all the talking. I'm the face, but my wife Sherry, my son, it's funny, you know, I mentioned my son's name, Riley Turner. Yes, he went into he went into marketing, but believe it or not, I had a brochure made up when I first went on to bring back the trades Facebook, I had a brochure made up that I still have that we, we used to go around all the schools to build what we have. And it was made by him in his marketing class. His marketing class teacher, believe it or not, last week called me and she's like, are you the Steve Turner of Riley Turner? I'm like, yes. She goes, I am now a CTE director in another school. Can I work with you? So it's, it's just amazing how even though he's not in the trades and he yeah. comes to all my events. So I just want to make sure that the, you know, the public that listens to this knows Yes, it is me, but everybody behind me has done this. And without yeah. everybody else, even you included, this wouldn't keep going. Well, it just shows that how important it is that it's a conversation that yep. continues to happen. And it, and um, no matter 
where you are from, what industry yep. you are in, the more yep. that we can keep kind of talking about different opportunities yep. and what and what's out there and how to support kids locally. Yep. That's how these things, that's how change happens. Yep. Uh, and the, and the funny thing about this is, I shouldn't say funny because it's not, but so I've been doing this since 2017. I've been to, I've traveled, I've done everything, right? I've had one negative comment, one. And it wasn't even really like, it was negative, but... So this guy came by, grumpy old guy, says, you're never going to be able to bring back the trades because the kids today don't want to work. I'm like, yeah, they do, because I get 300 S. I didn't say it. We don't. We weren't getting 300 essays back then. But yeah. I'll say, yes, we are, because we're getting kids to you know, apply for scholarships. But what I'm saying is no matter where we go, it is all 100 percent positive. Where, what can you start in the world today and not have somebody not like what you're doing? I mean, yeah, he that's can't why please everybody. You can't, but in this one, you can. You can. Everybody's happy and everybody has a story. So, I mean, it's just great. Yeah. When there's a good mission behind it and, you know, good intention, it's uh, yep. it's hard to be negative. <laughs> well, Steve, thank you so much for the time, for sharing what you're doing. Um, I hope to continue to be able to, to work with you and to be able to kind of spread the word of, of what you all are doing because um, I think it's awesome. And it's a very shared um, you know, we're, we're in the same space, working with business owners in the trades, wanting to see their businesses succeed and have value and be passed along. And you can't do that without great teams behind them. And teams are built by, you know, great, you know, skilled employees or people who have passion about what they do. And mm -hmm. so uh, we're definitely on, on the same the same team there. So thank you so much for your time. And uh, until until the next time, well, maybe we should connect when you're in the process of building out your uh, Bring Back the Trade school. Sounds good. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode. Out of the Hourglass is recorded and produced by the team at Nolan Consulting Group, a nationwide business coaching and consulting firm with coaches located throughout the country. Have a question, comment, or idea for future episodes? We'd love to hear from you. Visit our website, www.nolancg.com.